everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Luck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Luck, and today it's a 12 questions interview with Clint Boyer. And you know what that means. You know it's going to be a funny one where he's going to be saying lots of off-the-wall and wacky things. So we will get right to it very quickly. Uh, first, I want to warn you, though, that there are some uh, swear words in this if you are listening in the car or at home with kids. Uh, you may not want to play this episode right now. I did not bleep out the words because I figured most of us are adults here. So um, there are some S words and uh, maybe some other stuff. But anyway, just if you have kids in the car, you may want to be aware of that. But otherwise, let's jump right into how Clint Boyer answered this year's 12 questions. <laughs> All right, everybody, I'm here with Clint Boyer. And uh, Clint, the first question for you is, how often do you have dreams about racing? I don't really dream, Jeff. Really? Hell of a question. You just sail right through the night. I can't ever remember my dreams. Don't you ever wake up and you're like, what the hell happened? Yeah, but sometimes I'm like interviewing you or something in a dream. It freaks me out. I don't have that, Jeff. Yeah. I don't ever dream why I'm interviewing with you. Okay. (laughs) That's good to know. If you get into someone during a race, whether it's intentional or not, does it matter if you apologize? Yes, but it doesn't mean an absolute zero. It means zero. Oh, okay. You're still going to get retaliated. And sometimes, you know, with peers and things like that, it just depends on who it is. You know, if it's a, if it's somebody you've kind of had a run in before or two, or you don't get along, or you don't speak off the racetrack or something else, they don't really know you. They don't know that that was, I mean, a guy like Jamie McMurray. You know, he's gotten into me before, and, and it was a situation. I was like, he that wasn't on purpose. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Pissed you off. Right. It was a bad deal, but it was it didn't it didn't mean anything to me. And and I I knew he'd be calling, and and as soon as he did, you're like, I get it. It's all good. Yeah. Shit happens. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, same goes the flip side of that. You know, and and it, you know it just depends. You know, if it's a if it's a kid that's been racing you, you know, hard and doing something stupid for four or five weeks and, and making it hard and, and then push over pushing the envelope and finally catches up to you. Um, that's the one that gets to you and, and, you know, makes it mad. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's the biggest compliment someone could give you? I think the biggest compliment now in life is, you know, your kid's a good kid and, and, uh, you know, he was polite you know, I, he went over to somebody's house the other day, and they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe how polite he was. You're like, yes. <laughs> he didn't get that from me, by the way. <laughs> but nonetheless, I mean, uh, you know, your pride comes from different things now. It's just once you have a family and, and kids and everything else, it, you know, yes. Yeah, so when somebody says that you did a good job in a race car or something else, that's that's meaningful. But, you know, when they say that that's something that's your pride and joy gives you a compliment, it's it's a good feeling. Okay. NASCAR comes to you and they're like, Clint, we're bringing this huge celebrity to the racetrack. We'd love for you to host him for the morning. Who's a celebrity you'd be really excited to take around the track? I think all of them. It doesn't matter. If, if it's a celebrity, it's, uh, you know, it's meaningful that they're there, that they want to be there, that they're, they're choosing to be at our sport. Um, so it's always fun for me to, to get to meet celebrities because I don't view myself as worthy of being able to hang out with a celebrity. You know, I've, I've always been starstruck and you know big-eyed around when you when you see somebody that you see on tv you grew up seeing on tv i'm no different than anybody else You're like holy shit that's whoever you know what i mean it's still 
rocks you back on your heels and, and um, you know, is a big deal. So if I had to pick somebody who the next celebrity would be or that would, would blow me away, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think, uh, I don't know. It'd have to be somebody funny because mm-hmm. I, I like having fun with our sport. I like having fun in general. Um, but when you're around people like that, uh, you know, you can, you can kind of embrace the relationship a little bit more and show them the funny side of our sports. You, you know, get them in a car and put them in a situational freak out or something like that. You know, I, I, I just, I like that aspect of, of celebrities and things like that. But yeah, that's kind of a shitty answer to your question, <laughs> but, uh, um, I'm serious. It doesn't really matter who it is. If it's a celebrity and, and they're, they're interested in our sport and they're there, I want to be involved and I want to, I want to show them our sport. Okay. So in an effort to show this is a health-conscious sport, NASCAR decides to offer the number one pit stall selection for an upcoming race to the first driver willing to go vegan for one month. Would you do that? For a pit stall? Uh-huh. Hell no. <laughs> for like a win or something? But I don't even pick stalls anyway. We just complain about them. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, now it's time for the random race challenge. I picked a random race from your career on Racing Reference, and you have to tell me where you finished in this race. Fuck, I'll tell you right now, fail. <laughs> okay, well, we can try it anyway. This is the 2014 July New Hampshire Cup race. No clue, bud. <laughs> okay. Not one clue. You finished sixth. sixth. You started eighth. You led 36 laps in this race. Kozlowski won. So you're not good at remembering races. Apparently. No, I don't okay. even know what car I was driving. <laughs> okay. Um. Clint, who is the best rapper alive? What? <laughs> There's no such thing. Oh, okay. There's literally no such thing. I will say this. I was in at the beach with my spotter, Brett Griffin, and his two daughters, and they sang this Cardi B song in the back of the van, and I've never, I had to stop the van. I was crying <laughs> laughing so hard. And I don't know if I was crying laughing so hard because of the fact that it was it was awesome that they were doing it or the fact that I knew that Brett was going to be in trouble with his wife because <laughs> they are definitely getting thrown out of school because of the words in that song that they knew already at such a young age. He is definitely going to get an ass chewing, and that's really why I was laughing because I knew at some point it was going to come full <laughs> circle to him being in trouble because I know damn well they knew that song because of him, not because <laughs> right, of right. his wife. I like that. Yeah. Uh, who has the most punchable face in NASCAR? God, that's easy. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows that's Kyle. <laughs> that's terrible, though. You set me up for failure there. It's bullshit. Yeah. You acted like you knew the answer I'm right gonna away. I'm going to give you 12 questions. He's not even the most common days. answer this year. Who's really? Yeah, Brad. Brad. Is. Yeah. It's kind of the same face. <laughs> okay, NASCAR enlists three famous Americans to be involved with your race team for one race. Big publicity push they're doing. They're going to bring Taylor Swift, LeBron James, and Tom Hanks to the track. you got to pick one to be your <laughs> How spotter. How did you pick those three? I'm running out of questions. So You're you so. dreaming is real. Like yeah. You, this, you is how dream. It, this is how it comes to me, yeah. Yeah. Um, Holy you, you have to pick one to be your, your spotter. You're out of control. <laughs> you pick Taylor Swift, Tom Hanks, uh-huh. and who? LeBron. And LeBron. Uh-huh. So you pick one to be your spotter, one to be your motorhome driver, and, and one, one to be, be a your, jack man. Well, your crew chief. You could do Jackman if you want. Mix well, it up. I think that LeBron would be big enough. You wouldn't want Tom Hanks being a Jack guy. <laughs> no. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Taylor Swift wouldn't be a very good Jack guy. No. 
I would have Taylor Swift. Is it who? The motorhome driver, spotter, and crew chief. Well, you clearly couldn't have Taylor Swift being a motorhome driver as a married man because that wouldn't last very long. One or the other wouldn't last. It's not going to go over well. Yeah. You'd break down or your wife would break up. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. <laughs> so Appreciate you setting me up for failure yet once again right, on that. We can just move on. Yeah. What's the key to finding well, the What are we going to do with LeBron? I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, your, it's your fantasy. So what was the the crew chief and crew chief, spotter and motorhome driver? Yeah. Well, Tom Hanks would be the spotter. You could understand him and be good. Uh-huh. Um, and then a crew chief, I guess LeBron's in. I don't. Well, know. Well, you're gonna have to put Taylor We're there since Taylor you can't have her as the motorhome driver. Yeah, she's gonna be calling the shots. I don't think LeBron could fit in a motorhome seat though. It's be like his head would be rubbing. He might know how to know. grill out or something cool. Yeah. I don't know. He makes enough money. All three of them make enough money that they're not going to drive your bus. Yeah. That's just the facts. That's true. But your dream is, I'm, I'm following along in your dream here. Okay, thank you. It's really screwed up, by the way. <laughs> uh, what's the key to finding the best pre-race bathroom? <laughs> this is the key to success in motorsports. Pre-game is, is definitely, everybody always asks, what's what do you do? pregame what do you what do you do before the race if you don't do one thing before the race you're gonna wish you did that one thing the entire race it's three and a half hours out there jack if you got an if you got a number two issue on your hands for three and a half hours you've got a hell of an issue on your hands yeah yes it's a shitty situation <laughs> literally yeah yeah <laughs> what the fuck one more <laughs> opportunity to set me up for failure i got two more for you NASCAR decides it misses the highlight reel value brought by the Carl Edwards backflips. They want a replacement. They want to know how much would they have to pay you to backflip off your off your car after your next I win a championship. I will do whatever you want. If you want me to do a backflip, get the pads out. I'm okay. going to need them because there's Homestead. no way in hell I'm going to land on my feet. This year? Homestead. Okay. Done. Marking it down. You just bring it up, and I will attempt the backflip. I need probably the roof to get the full rotation around and make sure I don't land on my head because the door stops probably not enough, but... I'll go for it. Okay. Uh, each week I ask a question, uh, driver give me a question for the next interview. I just did Rico Abreu. He didn't know it was for you specifically, though. But he wants to know, why don't more cup drivers pull like a Larson or a Kane or a Stewart and dive back into some of these lower series, whether it's sprint car racing or late models and things like that? If he can't be a big enough star on his own and he needs Larson to come back and, and bring the crowd for him, it's that's it's enough being said rico here's the thing i i do contribute to that level i i don't race in it anymore but i own two dirt late model teams mm-hmm. um i feel like through that connection i, I am connected mm-hmm. and i enjoy that i enjoy short track racing i think it's very very important it's always been a good platform for me um partners you know we've always built good partners at that level and, and even brought them to the cup series um I love short track racing. I mean, if I was, if I never made it to Cup and I always raced at Lakeside Speedway and and the Midwest and raced at Iowa, the Super Nationals that just happened, I was plenty content. Had a good time, was successful, had a lot of fun, and made a lot of memories with a lot of good people. That's plenty good enough for me. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. Um, do you have a question I could ask for the next interview? Can you tell me who it is? Okay, it's either it's, I don't the schedule's up in the air right now, so it's either going to be uh, Justin Haley from Chuck Series or Ryan. Which Blaney. I ha- literally have nothing in common with. Uh, okay, 
Like, I don't even think we speak the same language. Oh, yeah? Yes. I don't know Fortnite. Like oh, these right. these kids do. Yeah. Blaney? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. What, my question to Blaney or, or just anybody, the next driver, my my question is... Uh, are they are they okay with me beating them? Does it how bad does it bother them when somebody as crazy as I am was able to beat them on any given Sunday? I like that. Okay. Yes. Maybe they dream about it. Does it, it make them know. feel like a lesser person? Yeah. Yes. Does what? it embarrass them? Does <laughs> it keep them up at night dreaming like Jeff Gluck? That's a good question. I'll be anxious to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Clint. All right, everybody. So there you have it. Clint Boyer, one of a kind, really, in NASCAR, and uh, appreciate him taking the time to do that. Although he didn't really have a choice, uh, I was lucky enough that NASCAR helped work with Drew Brown, who is Clint Boyer's PR person, and he worked me into the media day, the schedule there at uh, Las Vegas Playoffs Media Day. So um, Clint, it was actually supposed to be Clint's break, and Steph Harris from NASCAR and Drew Brown just kind of slid me in there and Clint never even realized it was supposed to be his break. They just kind of added me to the slot to uh, get this interview done. So uh, I appreciate them doing that so that Clint would be um, somewhat focused, somewhat focused. I'll say, yeah. Anyway, Clint Boyer is in an elimination position now. He, so he's going into the Charlotte Rover race down four points but, you know, anything could happen, so we'll see if he's able to move on to the next round and salvage his championship hopes. Coming up on the next edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast, it's going to be a How I Got Here with Holly Kane, the longtime racing journalist, and we had a great conversation recently where we got to talk about not only her career, but her, her battle through uh, breast cancer and what effect that had on her outlook on life. So, um Very interesting stuff. I hope you will check that one out. That comes out on Thursday. And then for me, it's my last race before getting off the road for Baby Watch, although the podcast will continue. So those of you who who listen to the podcast may not uh, even notice a difference. But my last race in person being at the track until the baby arrives will be the Charlotte Roval. And I'm planning to grab CJ Walliver from Fox Sports to do the post-race podcast with me after that race. And we will talk about all the Roval craziness that happened. Before we go, usually in this spot, I'm uh, plugging my Patreon or my Amazon link. But today, I just want to give a thank you because I don't think I get to say enough how much it means to me that you are actually listening to this podcast. Um the podcast space is getting really, really, really crowded these days. And yet I have a really consistent number of people who seem to be still listening to it. It doesn't seem to really vary too much from one episode to another for the most part. Um, so I have usually about two to 3,000 people that listen to the podcast from what I can tell on the downloads. So that means a lot because, it, like I said, it's, I mean, everybody has a podcast these days. And so the fact that you would still include this one in your rotation. Um, that's, that's really nice of you. And when people come up to me at like tweet ups or something and say, Hey, I listen to you at work or I listen to you on my commute, listen to you while I'm doing stuff around the house. Um, that's really cool. So, um, I definitely don't take that for granted and thank you for still continuing to include me in that. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will talk to you next time on the untitled Jeff Gluck podcast. <laughs>